Is it possible to lose a friendship over a hot dog? A couple of years ago, two of my students, a tall one and a shorter one, almost lost a friendship over a hot dog. It went something like this. As is often the case when a couple of college students get together, they talk about stupid stuff. And so the tall one says to the short one, hey, you know what, I've been thinking about this for a while. It occurs to me that a hot dog is not a hot dog, it's a sandwich. The short one said, what are you talking about? A hot dog is not a sandwich. A sandwich is like two pieces of bread with meat in between and mustard or ketchup or pickles or whatever. And the tall one went, but a hot dog, it's a sandwich. I mean, think about it. A hot dog bun is what? It's bread and there's meat in between. That's a sandwich. The short one said, you're a fool. A hot dog is a hot dog, a sandwich is a sandwich. A sandwich is not a hot dog, and a hot dog is not a sandwich. And the tall one said, no, you're the fool. You... And they went back and forth. And then because they're college students, and be... no offense, because they're guy college students, <laughs> things got out of hand a little bit, and the tall guy said something about the short guy's girlfriend, and the short guy didn't like that, and so he said something about the tall guy's family, and he didn't like that, and pretty soon they're yelling at each other. And a third friend of theirs came to me and told me about this and said, and they have been on the outs ever since, and that was two months ago. And I just shook my head, and I thought to myself, what does the world come to? Now, by the way, before we go on, who thinks that a hot dog is a sandwich? It's a taco. A taco? (laughs) It's not a taco. And I couldn't help but think about the passage that was read a moment ago from Romans chapter 12, but specifically in verse 18. Because Romans 12, 18 says, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. And if you're like me, you hear those words and they just roll over you like water off the back of a duck. But I want to stop for a moment and say a few things about this very short, but I think very important passage of Scripture. You see, those two college students of mine, though they were both very good guys, and in fact, as I got to know them, very godly guys, they had violated the principle that stands behind this. And if you think about what the Scripture says, if it is possible, and the Scripture recognizes that oftentimes it's hard to live at peace with everyone, Anybody who has a younger sibling like I do knows exactly what we mean by that. (laughs) Any parent of teenage kids knows exactly what I mean by that. And yet the scripture calls us, because it depends on us, to live at peace with everyone. And it's that phrase, as far as it depends on you, that really sticks with me. Because that suggests that I have to make choices. When I interact with my wife, when I interact with my students, when I interact with all of you, I choose in large measure whether or not I live at peace or not. Now, it's not entirely up to me, because heaven knows there are plenty of people that inhabit our world that make it very difficult, if not impossible, to live at peace. But at the end of the day, my choices have a lot to do with it. And what I've noticed The further I get along in life is this, that oftentimes a choice has to be made, that it depends on me to choose either to live at peace with everyone or to be right. To be right. That's what I want to talk about this morning. 
Because in my 35 years of marriage, in my 34 years of teaching college students, in my 57 years on this earth, I've realized that oftentimes I find myself in a situation where I have a choice to make. I can either be right and let everybody know that I'm right, or I can choose to live at peace. And I want to talk about that this morning. Because I have a few observations about that based on scripture and based on my experiences, which I imagine are a lot like your experiences. Let me talk about what I've observed. I'll begin with this. It occurs to me that the notion of being right and the desire to be right turns everything into a kind of competition. But it's not just a competition. It's a competition that threatens our relationship. You see, so often being right involves proving that we're right. It involves proving that a hot dog, in fact, is a sandwich, or a hot dog is not a sandwich. And oftentimes, this plays out in the most seemingly innocent of ways. Uh, There's a neat commercial on TV right now that I may or may not have seen watching a lot of football yesterday. And and this, this... This husband and wife are on a camping trip, and they're at the campsite, and they're unpacking the car, and the wife says to the husband, Honey, did you pack the sleeping bags? And he says, No, you said you were going to pack the sleeping bags. And she said, No, you said you would pack the sleeping bags. And he said, You said you would pack the sleeping bags. And she says, No, you clearly said that you would pack the sleeping bags. And it becomes a contest to prove who is right. And in that moment, as they stand by the car at the beginning of a camping trip, which is supposed to be a getaway for this husband and wife, it's a competition. It's about winning, and it's about proving. But if you take a step back from that, I think you'll realize this. If it's about winning and competition, it's really about pride. And you do remember what Proverbs tells us about pride, don't you? Proverbs 13 Where there is strife, there is pride. But wisdom, wisdom is found in those who take advice. Where there is strife, there is pride. My two college students, the tall one and the short one, they have to prove that a hot dog is or is not a sandwich. And if you call into question your ability to judge the proper categorization of a hot dog, well, that's your pride. And I've got to be honest with you, all too often in my experiences along the way in life, it really does become an issue of pride. Hey, I was just minding my own business, trying to be friendly, trying to talk to people after church. I was at a youth event many years ago when I taught back in Portland. I traveled around to different churches and youth events with some regularity. And after services, they had this potluck. And so I was talking to this husband and wife at the potluck, and I just innocently said, so tell me, how did you two meet? And the husband said, oh, well, the first time we met, we were in college, and uh, we went out to this great Italian restaurant, had a wonderful meal. And the wife said, no, no, the Italian meal came after our first date. That was our second date. Our first date was the movie. Don't you remember? We went to the movies. And he said, no, 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 honey, you you get that wrong. (laughs) I thought, oh, no, here we go. (laughs) But in that moment, there's strife. And you know how sometimes when a husband and wife are kind of you know, like this, and you can kind of feel the tension at the table? <laughs> I'm sure that's foreign to all of you. But in that moment, I could feel the tension, and I thought to myself, oh no, I've started something. And so I discreetly picked up my plate and said, I have to go. <laughs> and I left them glaring at each other. Where there is strife, 
there's pride. By the way, time out. I give you full permission to nudge the person next to you at any point during today's sermon if you think it's appropriate. Time in. So here's a second thing I've noticed about this whole being right versus living at peace with each other. It's been my observation that being right unduly magnifies things. Being right turns things into something bigger than they really are, and that's often the source of strife. So I hate to break it to you, but the decision of whether a hot dog is a sandwich or not is not one of the great, deep, abiding philosophical problems of our life. We're not doing deep theology here, trying to figure out whether your first date was at the movies or at an Italian restaurant. But oftentimes, in our marriages or in our interactions with friends, with people here at church, we're so intense on proving that we're right that it takes small things and blows them up into something much larger. And that's why a couple of my students didn't talk to each other for weeks on end, because of a hot dog. Now, don't get me wrong, I like hot dogs as much as the next guy. Although, full disclosure, I'm done with boiled hot dogs. Okay? Never again will one of those pass my lips. But at the end of the day, if we're honest with ourselves, a lot of the stuff we find ourselves wanting to prove or write about, it doesn't matter. Oh, but we think it matters. In fact, Proverbs tells us something about this. Because Proverbs reminds us in chapter 20, it is to one's honor to avoid strife, that every fool is quick to quarrel. And that word quarrel is interesting because in Proverbs, there are different words that are used specifically to refer to different communicative interactions. And that word quarrel, it refers to the kind of bickering that we do back and forth. It refers to the kind of small instances that kind of pop up and then die down. They pop up and they die down. The kind of thing where you say something to your spouse and your spouse says something back to you and you just kind of say, okay, fine, whatever. And it's a real quick little quarrel. That's what's going on there. And Proverbs reminds us that it's to your honor to avoid that. And in my experience, all too often, the quarrel happens not just when you want to prove you're right, but when you take something small and make it out to a big deal. I mean, really. That couple at the table at the potluck, they didn't know me. I, I did not see them after that meal. I hope to see them again one day in heaven. Well, I'll apologize to them. But why is it so important to them to get that memory right? as they talk to a stranger in a church building at a potluck. When I was a kid, I used to occasionally at church see these marriage enrichment videos that Paul Faulkner and Carl Burkeen did from Abilene Christian University. Some of you may have seen those way back in the day. And I was reviewing some of their stuff not too long ago as part of a class that I'm teaching. And they talk about in one of their videos how between spouses, most arguments between spouses, they start over small, inconsequential things and they get blown up into other bigger things, which in turn get linked to other parts of their marriage, right? And so you're arguing about something small that pretty soon turns into you're always this or you always that. And Faulkner and Burkeen talk about how in a marriage that is poisonous. In one of my classes at the university, a class called Family Communication, I talk about a researcher that says that most siblings, when they argue with one another when they're kids, are not arguing about anything important. They're arguing about small things that get turned into big, huge things. And at every turn, there's a choice. I can be right. I can live in peace. 
I can be right and say, you know what? It was an Italian restaurant. You know what? It's not a sandwich. Or I can say to myself, you know what? What's more important, living at peace or proving I'm right about food? What's more important, living in peace or proving that I'm right? Which is why this passage in Hebrews 12, I think, is so important. You might detect a theme here. In Hebrews chapter 12, the writer says, make every effort. Every effort. Every effort to live in peace with everyone, to be holy. For without holiness, no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. You see, it's been my observation that when someone falls into the habit of always having to prove that they're right, whenever it becomes paramount to prove that our first date was at the Italian restaurant, over time that causes bitterness. Over time, that frustrates people. Over time, that can plant the seeds that I believe threaten relationships. And so I wonder how many marriages are struggling right now because one or both people are so intent on proving they are right. I wonder how many friendships feel tension right now or strife. I wonder how many people are waiting for someone to give them an apology. Because you're convinced that you're right. And the bitterness that is sown there just continues to grow. Look, if you don't remember anything else that I've said today, I want you to remember this. God calls us to value living at peace over being right. And that's hard because we live in a culture that wants to prove that we are right, that our political stance is right, that our fanship for a football team is right, that our assessment of how things should be is right. And we feel like we have to defend it. We feel like we have to almost beat down the other person. And yet I believe that scriptures tell us quite the opposite. Hebrews a moment ago said, make every effort. That should sound familiar. Look at this passage in Romans chapter 14, where Paul once again returns to this idea of how Christians interact with one another and with everyone around them. Let us therefore, Paul says in Romans chapter 14, make every effort to do what leads to peace and mutual edification. So every effort means even though I might be right, even though we know that a hot dog is not a sandwich, even though I know it was an Italian restaurant and not a movie for our first date, I'm going to let it go. That's my effort. Or in Ephesians chapter 4, Paul once again, writing to a different group of Christians, says, Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. In fact, if I had my way, I wish more marriage vows would work into it something about making every effort (laughs) to do what leads to mutual peace and maintaining the unity of the Spirit. It's fine to say things like, you know, cherish and say things like sickness and health and richer and poorer. But in my experience, marriage, friendship, church relationships, it's about making every effort. And so because that's the key theme, my question to you is pretty simple. Are you really making every effort to live at peace? Tomorrow when you talk to your spouse, later on today when you call your mom, When you go to work tomorrow and you interact with that annoying person at the desk near you, 
Are you really making every effort? And in particular, in those instances when you know you're right, and you can easily demonstrate and prove that you're right, but pay the price of friction in that relationship, do you have it in you to say, you know what, it's more important for me to live at peace? Because I want you to simply ask yourself a very simple question. What's the harm in letting this go? What's the harm? So the tall roommate says to himself, eh, what's the harm in letting this short roommate completely live in ignorance and think that in fact a hot dog is not a sandwich? How does that hurt that roommate? I mean, what happens if in fact, if I had some kind of a, a webcam into the life of this couple and I could see the truth, in God's truth, their first date was in fact at the restaurant and not at the movie, what's the harm in the other spouse thinking that it was the movie? Who's hurt by that? Who's hurt by that? In fact, I tell my students, and they never listen to me, but I tell them, never argue over memories, <laughs> because there's no profit in that. Because you really have no way to demonstrate who's right, so let it go. And I'm telling you, in my life, I have learned that rather than proving that I'm right, or rather than proving that the way I see things is the only way, it is far better to ask myself, what's the harm in letting this go? And so, to quote the great uh, philosopher Elsa, let it go. Let it go. Because it just doesn't matter. It's a hot dog. It's a memory of a date. It just doesn't matter. And so I believe that the path to making every effort, the path to mutual edification, the path to peace, the path to the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace, runs through the road that's labeled is it really worth it? Does this really matter? What's the harm in letting it go? And so I'll leave you with a simple question again. Are you really, really making every effort to live at peace? And so I would challenge us, I would urge us to really do that. Because in a moment, we're about to stand together and sing about the greatest command which as you know as well as I, is to love one another. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your strength, and love one another. And you don't love one another if you value being right more than you value living in peace. And so in a moment as we stand together under Kyle's able direction and sing about the greatest commands, I would encourage you to examine your life. And not just ask yourself, is today the day I'll be baptized for the forgiveness of sins? And not just say to yourself, is today the day that I need the prayers of this church to help my life in a difficult spot? But maybe, just silently, in the pew where you sit, today's the day you say to yourself, I resolve to value living in peace more than being right. And so, as a church family, let's stand together and sing.